April, can we please just get back in the car and talk about this instead of running all over Route 12? Haven't I made it clear I don't particularly want to talk about it, okay? I mean, Jesus, I'm trying to be nice about this thing here, for God's sake. Oh, how kind of you. How terribly, terribly kind of you. Wait a minute, I don't deserve this. But you're always so wonderfully definite on the subject of what you do and don't deserve. Wait a minute. Wait a goddamn... April, now you listen to me. This is one time you're not going to get away with twisting everything that I say, April. This just happens to be one goddamn time. I know I'm not in the wrong here. Christ, I wish you'd stayed home You know what tonight. you are when you're like this, April? You're sick. I really mean that. You're sick! And do you know what you are? What? You're disgusting! Oh, yeah? You don't fool me, Frank. Just because you got me safely in this little trap, you think you can bully me into feeling whatever you, you want me to feel. in a trap! Yes. You yes. in a trap! Me, Jesus Frank! Christ. Me! Don't make me laugh! You pathetic, self-deluded little boy! Look at you! Look at you and tell me how, by any stretch of the imagination, you can call yourself a man! Fuck! If Damien can tell me why I'm using this song, I give him, I give him points. Um, so hi and welcome to the Unnamed Movie Podcast. This is Andrew. This is Damien. And this is Douglas. And we are here looking for our hero. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to find out where podcasts exist in 2021 with at least 30%, 33% of this podcast having gotten their first dose of the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> there, I thought you guys would be happy for me. Oh, I no. am. No? I, oh, no, I mean, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, our bad mind powers have been turned on. <laughs> Douglas, I want you to know that when you said you never use your bad mind powers for good, I laughed at that. Like that was in my head for the whole. I laughed for a full day just at that statement. Every time, <laughs> it's just like that is so fun. Like that is a good one. That right? Like, is perfect. <laughs> Like, like on this podcast, we make each other laugh a lot. Mm-hmm. But let's say we never really pass like a sixty percent mark on like a joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Douglas really hit that one hard. And that's <laughs> that's like a top tier. We can't pass sixty percent because you won't let us. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff we say in that one, like if if Douglas or you or me ever get in trouble. And they get a hold of our WhatsApp log. Oh we're going to oh prison. <laughs> Aren't those, isn't that like end-to-end key encrypted? Yeah. Like they don't store it on their side. They, so they don't they need to like hack our phone. I mean, yeah. or have access to our phones. I don't have a password on my phone. And no Douglas don't have a password on his phone. <laughs> so it won't be hard. I have a password on my phone. I'm not James Bond. Who am I hiding from? <laughs> I am James. Every time I need to open my phone, I need to type letters and numbers, and I don't have time for that. Actually, no, I'm worse. Like I have the fingerprint thing now. Absolutely, James Bond. Do you think that um, James Bond is gonna have to be recut so that he's using the Kindle? (laughs) We can only hope. Um, Or uh, like the Amazon Fire or something. You know the Fire. Remember the Fire Phone? Oh, Oh. (laughs) thank you, Amazon. 
Those good times. They have him. They have one scene where he's like, "Don't worry, I have Prime, and it gets here fast." <laughs> it'll be it'll be in it'll be in Russia in time. We'll like, get there at the same time. He, he reads the Washington Post every morning. <laughs> Or is it Tribune, um, rather? Which one is it that Bezos owns? Some newspaper. I have no idea, to be quite <laughs> honest. Post. I don't know what paper. The Washington knows. Post. The, it's a post. Okay, it's a post. Okay, It's yeah, a yeah. post. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, moving right along, we're here this week to come together to talk about farming, about people having families, and about what, who, and what is actually a real grandmother. Farm we're here girl. to discuss Minari. What a wonderful day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're here with us for the first time, please stand. What a beautiful family. I love how, like, when he said that, please stand, he stopped. And the family was like, we're not standing. But he's like, yo. Mm -hmm. We know we're waiting, and I know you're yeah. new because you guys stand out. Like you, see, right. like you're not. <laughs> there you're is not a particular here. reason why I know you're not. <laughs> Y'all ain't guy. from around oh. here. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so yes, this film is set in the 1980s and is about a Korean family who have moved into this town in Arkansas. Um, the father of the family, played by Stephen Yoon, um, is dreaming of making a farm for himself where he can grow his own produce and sell and be a success his son um is there with a heart murmur the wife is worried about everything they're going and working in a chicken hatchery um and it's, it's, it's get it right they're sexing in a chicken hatchery. no the, no that's the task they're doing yes that, yes they're sexy. Douglas is correct yes they're sexy <laughs> you you just find it funny that they call it sexy yes i do <laughs> um and it's just a story it's a story of a family on a farm and as i described to damien it's stardew valley with a with a hack at the beginning so you start with a family from the get-go yep um, Damien, you said you wanted to talk about this movie on the podcast. Why don't you take it from there? <clears throat> yeah, I realized that um, I hadn't seen a lot of uh, A24's output over the last year and change. Like during the pandemic, I just stopped watching their kinds of movies because like, there's no new movies coming out. And I just, I just forgot that, you know, <laughs> There's people out there still making movies. And um, I remember that Andrew, I sort of remember Andrew talking about this movie. Um, and then I asked him if he actually did. And of course, he's seen all movies as the arbiter of movie himself. Uh, he's seen everything. So I don't know why. I, I'm just going to stop asking. Call, me, call, me, call me Sir Movie. Right. Let's make this straight. Right. They call him Mr. Movie. Um, and no, 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 no. He's he's not Mr. Movies. Mm -hmm. Not at all. No, he's... Is he Mr. Monday Movies? We already have a Sunday Movies. There, there we go. There right. we go. <laughs> um, Saturday Movies, who knows? Um, 
No, man. He's like a Wednesday movie. Yeah, Andrew would be a Wednesday movie. <laughs> Some midweek. The, mo- the, mo- the movie that isn't like popular enough to like play on the weekend, yeah. Yeah. right? And like a lot of people get tricked into watching it. They're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But then it's like my favorite movie right. ever because it's this esoteric weirdness. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm Wednesday. I'll take Right, that. there's grown men standing up at the end of it saying that them just want everyone to know they came here to watch John Wick and not whatever this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I've not thought about this in a long time. But I just remembered that Wednesday was the the new movie day in oh, yeah, Carib. Yeah. I hadn't thought about this in a yeah, because you don't Anyways. live here anymore. <laughs> you shouldn't. Damien Minari, right? Uh, and so I saw the trailer and was immediately drawn to watching this movie. Um, Andrew had seen it, which is no longer a deterrent to me picking the movies, because if we only watch movies Andrew hasn't seen, we cannot do this podcast anymore. And so Andrew gave a brief description of the movie, and that is 100% what the movie is. It is a man bringing his family to Arkansas to start a farm, and it goes poorly both his relationship with his wife uh the the farming and at some point the world's greatest grandmother is roped into this um scheme and she is a delight but it does not help to alleviate any of the problems that are happening with this family the son um because of his heart condition uh the family is um, hesitant to have him do any kind of physical labor. Um, for the first half hour or so, they keep telling him not to run. And initially, you think it's just a thing that they say, because children like running. So you're just like, oh, he's yeah, rude. I've told, I've told that child not yeah, to run. He's before, rude. But... So you're just like, hey, stop running. And then you realize, oh, no, the situation is way more serious. And so he's been told not to run, not not just because it's a thing children do and it is annoying. It is because his heart isn't well and they don't want him to put any additional stress on it. But the movie is paced so well and crafted so well that they meet out the information slowly over two hours. But at no point does this movie feel like two hours. This movie doesn't drag at any point. I was able to get through this movie um, so easily. Like, watching, I watched, we have a marathon to start this week, and it's French movies. And the thing that annoyed me most about watching the French movie was that I could have watched Minari a second time instead of watching this French movie. Like, oh, I could have watched a movie I like again. And see, like, more things that I could pick up on and bring to this conversation. But instead, oh, she's shitty French movie. <laughs> but the, the thing about this movie, um, and it's the thing I've always enjoyed about um, Korean films in general, is they know how to end the movies. The movie ends... This is not a Korean film. I am well aware, sir. (laughs) But it is a movie 
what has a lot of Koreans. And the, I'm just saying this because a lot of people have made this mistake. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean... Like, sincerely made this mistake. Oh, I know that you know. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, all right. People, right. people are weird and dumb. <laughs> right? Either, e- either sincerely in that they don't know or sincerely that they just literally are like reasons i'm just going to call this a korean yeah, movie and not, move on with yeah, my life not, right this is a movie made in america this yes. is a movie about america right right that happens but to have about, koreans in right yeah right um, um, and it happens to have subtitles if you ha- if you're right but so. it was i enjoyed watching this movie like so thoroughly like it's not a movie that is cr- that is trying to manipulate you. It's not one of those um, Oscar bait type movies where it's just like, this is the thing we're trying to hammer that, you know, this is what... No, it's just, listen, this man moved his family to this place. Running a farm is hard. He has to make tough decisions and things... Farming ain't easy. Right. Things at the, the end of the movie is is not like it's not a neat bow it's not like a hollywood ending where just where they're like and everything works out in the end and it's just smiles and happiness there's there's none of that and the movie feels sincere but not not the not the sincere that douglas hates where it falls into importance like this movie isn't trying to tell anybody how important it is it's a movie about farming and that farming sucks mm-hmm. uh this movie it just it just worked it's a simple movie they're not trying to do anything outlandish they're not trying to make any statements they're just like look dog farming sucks here <laughs> here's a movie about why farming sucks and uh, all the performances are fantastic as I said, the grandmother is, uh, she is the shining star of this movie. Like, everything about her works. Um, she's given a lot more to do. She's given a, given a lot more, um, a lot harder task towards the end of the movie. Uh, because something happens to her and her whole personality has to change basically on a, like, overnight. And you see her performance there and you see her struggle and you're just like yeah man. like this is this is one of those movies that i feel like i would show to just anybody it's like here's a good movie watch this movie <laughs> not here's a good movie because like there's no caveats this is just a solid good movie that i think more people need to you know have access to and watch and I'm so happy that, you know, I was able to pick this movie and not just hand wave it away as Andrew type nonsense, uh, which is a thing I, I like to do when Andrew is being real pretentious. Uh, luckily, I didn't also go back and listen to how he reviewed this movie because that might have changed what I said in my review uh, because uh, Andrew, when he gets real excited about movies, tends to go off uh in on the deepest end uh but this i this movie gets my highest approval 
this is a movie that I'm going to watch a lot of times. Uh, and I actually was really happy that we put this for the podcast because I remember watching this movie and really liking it. I like, think it is a really good movie, but at the same time, I really liked it in the way that I feel we have like these subcategories of movies where I'm like, that is a G good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm past that and I can move on to like the movies that I capital L love good movie. Right. Um, and I knew there were things I really liked about this movie, but I was like, all right, that was a good experience. I can move on. Um, rewatching this movie now, I'm like, yeah, this is a I love this movie yeah. sort of movie. Um, and it's a film that it's, it's, a, it's just a simple drama, simple story of this family. But at the same time, it's, it almost feels Coen Brothers-esque as to like how they deal with characters. Right, where it's a movie like it doesn't have like the 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 runaround plot of like a murder mystery, but just the way characters are peppered into this movie and just appear. And I don't know if it's just the 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 Arkansas setting of like the people that are there that just made this pop into my mind from between Will Patton playing um, the the farmhand yeah. who is constantly praying for people to he's the, great the, in this. He's <laughs> so good. The, the little boy who, who, who I wouldn't like to use the word befriend because yeah. I really don't think that's much of a friend. <laughs> but, you know, he he interacts with um, David yeah. in a couple of scenes. Like there, there's that scene where he goes and he sleeps over at the guy's house and he meets the father. And all these characters feel like they're out of a Coen Brothers movie. It feels very much like they wrote a movie with a very straight drama of the family, and then they just inserted all of these random, weird, fun character people just on the outskirts of it. Maybe that's just um, how Arkansas do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie is fantastic end to end. Yeah. Right. I, I, I even appreciate. Like, I really love the ending of this movie. Um, because, and I think, Damon, you talked about it where you're like, things go poorly. And weirdly enough, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, along the way, th- there are some rough spots. But oddly enough, uh, because of the ending of this movie, I'm like, I feel like this ending is like the most optimistic and just forward, like positive ending this movie could have. Um, and I don't want to spoil it outright, but it yeah. makes me feel almost all of that journey that happens is the kind of thing you talk about in past to be like, well, you know, that was hard, but yeah. it made us stronger yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it for that. Yeah, like when I say things go poorly, I don't mean like it's like it's not a nightmare ending, but the thing that he is working towards, that is not the outcome. It doesn't just magically happen. Like there's just someone that's like, Oh, there's oil underneath your farm. Let me buy your farm. <laughs> like that's not that's not what happens. Like the thing that he wants and he's being aggressively selfish about um, does not happen. But the the confluence of circumstances makes it that the family has to come together at the end. And that is a thing that not a lot of Hollywood movies know how to do. Like a lot of those movies fall fall on their feet. They're like, all right, there's a struggle, there's a struggle, but we need the audience to be happy and smiling at the end. And that's not what this movie isn't about. This movie is just, here's a snapshot of time. 
here's what happens the family has to deal with these things and then it just ends and this movie is so so good like i don't know what exactly it is that makes this better than other movies of this type all i can tell you is that it is just better like i don't need movies to reinvent the wheel all the time a lot of my favorite movies are formula cause all hell but when you get the formula right it just works and this movie just works it feels good uh, the performances are good the director the direction is good every single individual aspect of this movie is good and i see douglas's face <laughs> and i don't know what is about to happen uh so douglas robinson yeah did you watch this movie yes i did watch it oh, can you tell me did you hate you, this movie no, did on, you have feelings on. i watched I watched a movie. Uh -huh. I don't think I watched this movie. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think you watched a movie that me and Andrew saw? I just like to say the only the only upsetness I have right now is that I was thirty three percent wrong. <laughs> okay. Ah. I thought I'd be the only one who liked this movie. No. Uh, this movie no, is an absolute from, from joy. Damien brought this movie to us, you knew he absolutely adored it. There's like no other reason. Um but so I will start off by trying to be reasonable and <laughs> rational and um, speak facts. Factually, this movie was well made. <laughs> the the lighting was on point, yeah. right? The, the, sound, the sound engineer uh -huh. caught all the sounds right. right. The Foley yeah, artist yeah. was adorable. There are people I on the screen. <laughs> completely understand why people love this movie mm -hmm. and um it does actually try very hard for me to be one of those people i'm not saying no right um but it does fall short for kind of partially the reasons that i, I kind of knew from from the get-go that it would right it it just is this movie well, actually, all right, let me start off by saying I thought that people mostly love, and I'm sure that there's a big part of it as well, but mostly love this movie for what I call the reasons that don't matter, right? The import of it, which, funnily <laughs> enough, it's there, but it's not as, like, ridiculous as I thought it would be. Um, but this movie is a well-constructed uh, slice of life into just a difficult time with this family, right? And I think the weird part about this film is that if they had done probably what Damon is talking about, what, like, let's call them Hollywood movies do, I probably would have really liked this movie. <laughs> so, so hold on, one quick question there. What is it this movie did that Hollywood movies don't do? Um, it allowed it to to not wrap up in a bowl, just like what Damon yeah. was saying. Um, mm -hmm. To like, the grandmother didn't miraculously make it get better and be her funny self again. Right. The um, 
husband and wife didn't look at each other and say, you know, I love you so much. Right. Like, this is didn't different. fall like, into each other's arms and go. didn't fall into yeah. place at the end, right? Yes. Um, so so you're, say, you're saying the reason you don't like this movie is because it doesn't, because it doesn't do that? Kind of. Kind of. Okay. Right? All right. Um, so this movie is obviously a strong movie. It's really good. Um, objectively. Subjectively, not not really for me but what i will say about it is this right <laughs> so is it sad that the first note i have for this movie is of course brad pitt produced this movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna say i, I when i watched this movie when i watched this movie yesterday i watched it with renata because she was like i want to watch that movie when she saw what the oscar nominees were yeah um and then when it when the movie was over she's like of just like Douglas, she's like, of course brad pitt produced this movie <laughs> and i'm like what did brad pitt do to you guys? that's a good question i thought we well, all like brad you, pitt I, I'll tell you what Brad Pitt did to me. And I love Brad Pitt as an actor. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what it is? It's, is this a 12 years of slave is, story? In my head, like mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that, I heard him say, you know, we don't do that kind of thing in Canada. And I was just like, oh, really? Come on, Brad. Um, <laughs> better than that. I have a quick question. I have a quick question. Is it the line that ruined it, or is it that you watched it at TIFF and Canada applaud that line that ruined it Probably for you? Probably a bit of both, but the, <laughs> uh, the line was the, the, the fire, the match that lit the fire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, the thing about this movie, and, and the thing that this movie does well, and why I almost liked it, why it almost caught me, is because it knows exactly how to play um, certain cards, um, it knows how to <laughs> yeah. it knows how to play the um, old people card. It knows how to play the young people card or the children card in particular, right? It knows how to play those two things for laughs. And then it has kind of everything else run through it. And I, given my approach to this movie given the the mindset that i went in with it because this was a very much an intouchables moment where i press play and i'm like all right how much am i going to hate this movie it, it wasn't about you know hmm, let me give this a chance you you, you, you packed your weapons yeah, in yeah, absolutely right? <laughs> right um but the grandmother tried very hard she is and, and you guys all talk about it She's she is light. the shining light of this movie. Um, and I think that's a bad thing for all of us to say. It's, it's easy to point her out. But she's also really just the comic relief, right? I mean, there is a lot of heart, a lot of emotion attached to it, right? And it's not like it's unimportant comic relief um, or, or unnecessary comic relief. But... Um, it is what it is, right? She, everybody loves somebody that makes them laugh. And that is what she does. And David does that as well. And the way that they interact. And I, it's, it's hard not to, not to feel something inside when um, you have a relationship like the one that the grandmother, I think her name is Sunja, and um, David have, where he is such a shy little boy um, that he can't even say hello to his grandmother when she first comes. He's hiding behind his mother's 
um, skirt tails and actively don't like his grandmother because she smelled like Korea and um, <laughs> all of that. So then fast forward to closer to the end of the movie where he, like, if anything happens to her, he will die. And he is very protective of her. And um, this is, I suppose, a bit of a spoiler, but not really. It's just an emotional spoiler that he, now we talk about how he's not allowed to run. And he himself is actually kind of frightened, scared to run at some point. He runs after his grandmother at the end um, when he's worried about her. And that moment is actually like a, a very strong like emotional moment that, that I like too. You know, it's, 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 this movie knows how to like push those kind of buttons. Um, but yeah, outside of that, for me, when I watch this movie, probably because I went in with a negative mindset, the things that make me want to like this movie are only those kind of things. The like, it is ridiculously funny, or okay, this it's it's hard to it's impossible to 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 not admit that this emotional thing is is this great, and it really is those two characters. Outside of those two characters, I really don't care about Stephen Yeun. <laughs> I could give a shit about his wife and whether she wants to have sex with him or not. Um, the sister. She can go with the wife, right? Yeah, like, the sister everything. is a like big fancy. All right, I'll give you that. The sister <laughs> is in nothing in this movie. Yeah, like um, like everything else in this movie, I don't care. If you gave me a movie about those two people, and as I said, I think that is a part of why I wasn't able to be on board with this movie 100% of the time, because there is a point in this movie where the grandmother kind of let's say she loses her not her relevance because she's very much relevant in the movie but she loses um her because she gets she gets sick and so all of a sudden it's like she's not actively in the movie anymore she is a reason for the movie to exist more so than a part of the movie and when that happens then the thing that i actually connected with goes away and that is why I say, in some ways, the, the not Hollywood nature of this movie um, hurt my ability to like it because I know no longer had, like, cared, right? Um, right? The thing that I liked was no longer there, at least not in the form that I wanted it to be. And if you are looking for something else, then that's fine because it works with the movie. But I had connected with one thing. And you took you know, that one thing. You know, when the movie starts out and says, this is a movie about man and wife yeah. and everybody else is beside them. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, this movie is about the old ass lady and the little boy yes. peeing in each other's cups. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I mean, I mean, this is a horrible... Um, uh, yeah, this to... is horrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I was going to say, this is a horrible tangent to make, but... I suppose it's one of the reasons why I love um, Fresh Off the Boat so much is the grandmother, how ridiculous she is and their, her interaction with the children. That, that sort of like uh, dynamic is amazing and it's brought here, but it, it goes away. Which, which but that's good. like a sitcom format where everyone is given their lights mm -hmm. and they all kind of like switch around everything that's going on every, every week in a sitcom. Like this yeah. like... This no, is and real I life, Douglas. This is real. I'm, it's real I'm life. I'm just saying, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like you and Damien have mm-hmm. rightfully said this is a great movie with great performances, with great emotional depth. Fine. I mm-hmm. subjectively don't really like those kind of movies or don't need to not that I don't like them because there are ones that, that permeate. But that is not what I watch movies for. <laughs> right? I don't sit down and say, you know what? This movie is real life. And because of that, it is good. Mm-mm. I watch movies to be entertained or to be engaged in some way. And um, it, like, the thing about it, obviously the, the humor, the, 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 the comic relief part of it is what catches you. And it's what caught me. But it's not necessarily what kept me going. Like, it was the true emotional link the, the, between them and the development of that relationship. But as soon as, um, as soon as the event happened with her, that link, or at least the representation of that link in the movie, disappeared. And I'm not saying that I'm right or I'm wrong to, to have this opinion. I'm just saying that is what connected to me to the movie. And if you take that I away... Think, I, th- I, th- I think what yeah. it is, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to understand is that... Like, and I don't know if it's like form over function, because that's what we get down to, right? Yeah. It's the form of this story structure, which like five million movies do this, yeah. right? Where they have like the emotional heartbeat, and then you have peppered around it all of these like comedic slash ridiculous things that happen continuously. First of all, while the grandmother is a shining star in this movie, as well as the child, um, Alan Kim, who plays David, um, in this movie. I continue to say we need to put Will Patton in this list. He is... Uh-huh. First of all, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> if you mean God Paul, in 60 Seconds. The, mass, the man who, play, the man who plays Paul. If you mean God in 60 Seconds who speaks in No, tongues, sorry. Okay, no, absolutely. I do not mean God in 60 Seconds. <laughs> I mean Armageddon. <laughs> Armageddon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Get your reference right. Yep. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. <laughs> he didn't want to pay taxes anymore. That's the best one. Um... um <laughs> But to be honest, I didn't care for him. He was fine. No. Um, and that's the thing, right? How also, I think the way that you connect to this movie um, determines how much you like this movie, right? I connected through the grandmother and the child, which is why I couldn't connect for the full movie. If you, like I imagine most people, because this is what is intended for you to do, if you connect not through my shitty shenanigans, but through um steve yun and his wife and Mm -hmm. what he's trying to do for his family and you know the 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 fraught path that he has to walk sure that is the through line and you can connect to that throughout the whole movie and there's the arc and everything and it's fine and i get that i'm just saying that wasn't where i connected with this movie yeah right and i and and as i said to you like the the laughs helped but the emotional connection was a strong one was i for me, I want more of that. But it's fine. It, it, that's, that's not what they, they gave me. And that is why this movie, I, I wouldn't, for me, say that you know, it's the great thing that everybody loves or that I enjoyed it as much as everybody loved it. Um, but there's so, many, there's so many moments in this movie that are great. Um, and now I'm just going to go back to the funny shit. Like, you know, the... Um, the, the water from the mountains. The mountain water. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my the fact God. That they describe mountain dew like that is hilarious. Oh, my and God. The grandmother so playing cards. 
like teaching them how to play cards and um, cursing mm-hmm. at them in Korean. And, yep. oh, and then you see him, David, um, then start to teach like the other children, the, his, mm-hmm. his friend, how to play cards and curse at them as well. Um, and I'm sorry, but Broken Penis will forever mm-hmm. be... Um, broken uh, ding dong. <laughs> a thing that broke I, ding dong. No, I don't like. I don't like broken ding dong. I like penis broken. I like broken penis. God, that um, that, w- that will be what I call this movie. Until that woman is a gem. But yeah, she is. But this movie, I mean, for me, I get it. I understand. I'm not. I'm not here to argue with anybody as to how great or not great this movie is. Sounds it's, like you are. Uh, <laughs> it is. Just not. Um, it, it, I didn't connect with it as strongly. <laughs> um, I, I feel this, sorry this for Douglas's emotions. movie where I admit it is actually a good movie, but yeah. <laughs> You're a monster. Who dropped you as a child? Trust me. <laughs> you did. Actually, I know. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> Wait a second. With Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> You've been implicated in the dropping of Douglas. <laughs> how do you? I mean, he, how do you he's play? three years older than me. How do you expect? Like, I try to lift him up. Of course, I'm going to drop him. I like, mean, yeah, Andrew, yeah, Douglas. That seems like a you problem. No, Andrew is correct. <laughs> you should, you should have put yourself in that situation. Or was it one of those trust exercises? He was supposed to hold you up as you fell backwards and you walked away to play Nintendo. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> catching him. <laughs> uh, welcome to therapy with uh, Andrew and Douglas. <laughs> Does that make you the therapist, Damien? Absolutely not. I can be anybody's therapist. I'm here to laugh at you guys. <laughs> I didn't say it was good therapy. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, my thing about it is just honestly, like the same way, like I fight with Damien on other films. I'm really just trying to get at, like, understanding because I I truly believe, and this is maybe just the optimist in me. I truly believe, as you mentioned, there are movies like this, mm-hmm. right? Like form and structure mm-hmm. that you would come here and you'd be like, I love that movie, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Definitely. And yeah. and I am I'm inherently just trying to be like, what is it about this one that just failed on your front for you and i guess you've made it clear you just didn't care about the the the, the father and mother yeah i I really didn't and also i'm sure right also also i generally like to say that you you claim that like the shenanigans ended at a certain point i i don't think they did but that's just me they did to the degree that his version of the shenanigans yeah because the grandmother and the grandson weren't the primary focus towards the end of the movie they're the thing that yeah. drove yeah. the end I mean, of the was... movie, but they weren't. They they weren't. Exactly. The focus wasn't on them to make the movie fun. Like the movie wasn't trying to be fun anymore. No, um, and it yeah. wasn't even about the fun, you know, Damien. Because I agree, the fun pulled you in or pulled me in, but there was more than that, right? There was the actual the genuine formation of that relationship, and and you seeing them interact with each other, and and things like you know when the the drawer drops on his foot and. He, she mm-hmm. she takes care of him and all of that jazz and and to see him go from from essentially being 
uh, saying to her, you're a bad grandmother to like him, them clearly just being in this great relationship together. But that connection, you never saw it anymore because she got sick, was in the hospital. Um, right. The parents were dealing with her in the background. She came home and was just there. And like there were a couple of moments. And as I said, the end, like there's a, a, a scene at the end where they try and bring it back and of course i love that scene right i love that scene in the end uh, but it's like you know when you have something and then it goes away just because you try to bring it back at the end doesn't necessarily mean that it forgives I, i'm i'm able to forgive the, the 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 point in time where i was um for lack of a better word struggling through having to pretend to care about these parents right um so so there is that. And I genuinely will admit to the fact that I, I cannot um, rule out whether my going into the movie at the beginning with a hostile approach also mm -hmm. helped or hurt, rather. I, I'm sure it did, right? I probably, yeah, um, if, if, if I said, you know what, let me, if I was able to say, oh, let me try or not, or I didn't know anything about it and I was, maybe I'd, I'd forgive the things I didn't like more and mm. like the things I loved even more to bring the average to a higher average, right? But I don't know. Just, I, yeah. I can't I continue Douglas to love those days where you where you watch where you watch movies that you actually know absolutely nothing about and you're like just press play, let's go it. and then I'll decide what's going on. I really do um when I get a chance. You mean French movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah this like, and I, and I think that's the thing about it as you describe it. Like, the fun drags you in and then, like, so much of it in my head. Like, as I, as I no longer talking about this movie mm -hmm. specifically or, like, this podcast as we talk about movies. But talking about movies with, let's call it normal people, like, non-art hosts. Like, so yeah. much of it in my head when, like, I try and sell them movies. I'm like, art, I need a movie that will be like this. Where, like, there's the emotional thing that they they won't care about, but the fun will drag them in to the point that they begin to care about the emotion, mm -hmm. right? And to hear Douglas say that, where he's like, it dragged him in, but he just dropped off the emotion. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, is what broke in Douglas's heart? <laughs> um, you know, like, it's, 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 it's one of those things that there are rare movies out there. And I'm going to list a couple that I know we have strong feelings for. Mm -hmm. But I kind of drop this into that same bucket of movies that I feel, like, drag you into it with fun. But then has, like, emotional and, like, other considerations in it that then, because you fall so in love with, like, the fun of it, that you start, like pondering pontificating like just enjoying thinking through these things which are movies like um hunt for the wilder people and parasite right where where people will go into that movie and be like what is going on and they have so much fun with like what that movie does that they then catch on to everything else and i think another one i'd pop into my head which isn't really fun but it's like action is is fury road right where like you can give that to people yeah. and like they'll <laughs> How we get from Minari to Fury Road? Uh, he's that's a that's a jump. He's drawing parallels to movie that movies that look like one thing, right? But the thing that normal people like me like about Fury Road is just the action. 
And then yeah. there's people like Andrew that can like it on a different level. But I don't know. What, what him and Bounty Killer know about another level. I didn't sing the song. You can't <laughs> yes. help you, dog. Ask him and Baby Sham, leave me alone. He, he can talk about his 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 um photography and yeah. like how the black and white version prettier than the color version. Right. Um, but that has nothing to do like there's that's not another level. That's just the movie, which is how they put the action in front of my face. But Look, what is the other level that you can love Fury Road Look, on? I'm confused. Look. Douglas, <laughs> you and I are also in the same boat. We're both that kind of confused. <laughs> But we're wrong because people like Andrew like that movie for something else. I've tried to understand. I just don't. I don't have it within me to understand what Andrew likes about. I don't know. I don't know what to tell. But they do, and you have to respect that. You don't have to agree I, I, with I it. I apologize for doing this respect. again. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, also, also Douglas. Uh, Whatever point Andrew is making, because it's in favor of Minari, I'm going to back automatically because oh, you're, you're, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you're wrong. <laughs> Remember how you're wrong about this movie? <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Now, I'm not going yeah. to back your play at I this point my, in time because you're wrong about the movie. movie. Just, it's just that I, I connected with the wrong person, right? I connected with the person that the filmmaker did not want me to connect with. Or rather, they only wanted me to connect with at a secondary level. But I connected with them at a primary level. That's really what happened. That's, that's my issue. All right. Moving along. Mm -hmm. We're here to continue. Uh, not to continue, but to begin our marathon of one Sir Louis. His mm. name is not Louis. He's, he's Spanish. Um, Luis Bunuel. Um, we're going to start out with his film from the year. Yeah, he's Spanish. He, he worked in many countries, as we will find throughout this marathon. He worked in Spain, Mexico, America, and France. America! We are going to we're going to visit three of those countries in this marathon. Um, so it's not just French nonsense. Um, and we're going to oh, start with okay. his 1967 film, Belle de Jour. Yeah. Veux-tu que je te dise inscrit, Séverine? Je t'aime chaque jour davantage. Un jour, il fallait que je vous voie sans votre mari, naturellement. Chez Anaïs, 11 cité Jean de Saumur. N'ayez pas peur. Vous êtes ici chez vous. J'ai toute prête à vous aider. So yeah, Belle de Jour. Um, the film came out in 1967. Um, stars Catherine Deneuve. Um, famed actress who is playing a housewife um, who is I guess you can say bored she is um, doesn't know what to do with her days having sexual fantasies at night and decides I know what to do with my time I'm going to be a prostitute mm -hmm. as she goes to a brothel and signs up to work stats um, the film is a is a very heady like in her head sort of what she's experiencing film it is not a film that is specifically plot focused on she learned um her her character moved douglas is just like 
I think I think video is a mistake for us sometimes. <laughs> you just made a pun that was so beautiful, and you just you just walk past it like, yeah. Um, oh, did you describe the prostitute, Andrew? <laughs> what kind I of movie? What kind of movie is this? I did. Oh, okay. Right, well done. Well done, son. <laughs> um, oh my god, I did not even catch it. Yeah. Um, I wish I had thought about that. Wish I had used my head. Um, well done. <laughs> Zinga! <laughs> so yeah, the, the film is very much a, a study of her process, uh, her, her, her process, her thought process on the specific sexuality of herself and her relationships between her and her husband and her and sex the the film then proceeds the the movie itself i'm going to start up front is not good what um <laughs> what i need to start here because i need to make sure that this conversation goes well right <laughs> <laughs> like listen i don't want douglas and damien to come Just down on me and stab me in the face <laughs> It is it is a film that like I I, I wrote notes for, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. As did Where, I, as I I shared my first five minutes of notes in the in the right. In the top it's 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 one of those night. movies that you watch and somehow all you can ever think about throughout this movie as a movie that is and I don't know if there are other interpretations as to what goes on in this film, but a movie that to me is entirely and completely about sex, right? It is a movie that when you watch in 2021, you sit there and you're like, yeah, man wrote this. Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is correct. I, yeah. Right. As much, as much as like we try, we don't really wanting to have these conversations all the while to be about like when you're talking about a, a woman's perspective on sex. Like it becomes more and more apparent sometimes where you're like, like this movie isn't trying to be a fun, timey, nonsense movie. This movie is like some sort of study of this woman's sexual desire and her how she figures that out. And you watch this and all you can do is sit there and shrug and be like, you know, I hope I, I hope this is only just an example you show to men to be like, don't do this anymore. <laughs> right? yeah. Like you, guess what? You don't you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like just 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 know that off the top of your head. Um, but leaving that to the side for the moment, right? And actually, and actually, and actually, trying to engage with what this movie is trying to propose to me, right? Um, at first, like I'd want to say that this movie I, is kind of interesting in just how it presents the two versions of her, right? The the version of her with her husband, who is cold, who is n- not really sexually open. The version of her in her fantasies, which is looking for these, like, rough sex, almost rape dreams, right? Um, And then what ends up happening at the brothel, where she's, like, trying to merge these two things, like, trying to figure out a way. And then at the end of the movie, what she becomes sexually when she's now basically have power over this man, right? Um... There is there is a version of this path that I find interesting and I find I find could be a fascinating tale, right? Um, 
it is just maybe it's the presentation of it in just how some of these scenes actively play out that the thing I opened this conversation with with that was definitely written by a man just kept coming to the foreground of my head and I couldn't stop brushing aside any sort of like metatextual interest into how this story plays out into how this this move how these images play one after another um in in what it talks about as it relates to this woman and her sexual desire right um but once again i did not like this movie <laughs> kind of bookend this so that no one is like lost in the shuffle right that first part wasn't a fever dream the middle part is where the dreaming was <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this film and what Bunuel brought to it. Uh, this movie. Um, I don't know what to say about this movie. Um, let's start with... Uh, it's not for me. Um, I actually didn't think about it this way, but, but I love um, when you say that you know you watch this movie... And what keeps coming to the forefront of your mind is a man definitely wrote this movie. Um, and yeah, <laughs> you can definitely see that. Not just that, but in every, every aspect of it. So, so a fellow wrote a book called El Du Jour that was um, adapted into a movie that he then adapted, I believe, into the movie from a writing perspective. Uh, a, a man directed the movie, I'm sure, uh, all the men were casting the movie and telling this pretty little lady how to how to be sexy on screen right um it it definitely has that vibe and you're just kind of like really um it, like it just feels creepy at a certain yeah, point is this necessary why are we doing this why are we subjecting the eyes of people of anybody to what this is um so definitely you feel that way <laughs> throughout most of this movie um and this movie is very much a, a, a movie that goes in and out of dream form right you you're in a dream then you're in reality then you're in a dream and sometimes those two things those two realms kind of intersect um and it does what i consider to be this very french thing but i mean uh, I, I don't know I don't know much about the director, Andrew. You say he's from Spain, um, and I don't know how much he worked in France, outside of France, whether he was... He worked a good amount France. in France. Um, but it felt very French to me, this movie, in that regard, uh, with where just random shit shows up on the screen with no rhyme, no reason, no connection to what came before it, and no need to feel a connection to what comes after it. And... Um, Sometimes that can be uh, fun. It can be, um, you know, exciting, interesting. Um, it can be wistful even. But in this movie, when you package that inside of this sort of um, creepily uh, filmed movie where the things that are showing up are creepy themselves, then it, it's just... A, a compounding of creepiness. I mean, there was a one scene in particular where I just, I had to pause the movie. I think actually, I think that is when I stopped and was like, you know what? 
I'm going to watch the rest of the NBA game tonight uh, and watch <laughs> NBA instead of finishing. And then I had to stay up till two o'clock this morning to watch this movie. But there, there is a scene where, and I don't know if maybe this is just me uh, putting something onto whatever that half a second of, of image was, but I'm pretty sure um, there was like some sort of weird fantasy dream snippet for like a second that looked like it was child molestation and i was like what is going on there like it was in there was a scene in i think one of their apartments or something like that with like mm -hmm. somebody who looked looked like she was 12 in maybe some sort of maid outfit like getting bondage and, and i was like mm -mm, what's going on here um the, this movie is just willfully and unnecessarily creepy Let, let's use creepy as like the the, <laughs> the catch -all. version of what we really yeah. should be saying <laughs> it's because, the catch-all for what this movie boy, actually is <laughs> um there are things that we should probably be talking about for this movie that go beyond um what you would call maybe a high school student going a tad too far right um but but yeah this this movie has not much rhyme not much reason and um it so there are times and, and that's the thing that I don't like about some French movies too there are times when it asks you to treat it like it's a movie like it's a real movie that you would watch and you would think about movie logic in a, a regular kind of way like for example there is and by the way I noticed we haven't really spoken about what happens in the movie because this movie is as Andrew said and this is what I got excited about and I had to yeah, write, that's what I thought it was. write in the thing this movie is not particularly plot focused, right? Um, I mean, I think I kind of said what happens, but sure, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but but even if you say it, right, like if you say, "Oh, this woman turn, uh, decides to become a prostitute," usually there's more to it than that. Like usually you can start talking about a lot of other things, but that kind of sums up this movie. Which again is, how can you have a movie where that is what it is? I'm going to yeah. be honest, like, of, of the list of films that I planned out for this marathon, mm -hmm. like, three of them are well-known movies. Oh, yeah. This is huge. Right? This is a right? huge movie. This, movie. this movie, I thought it was legit a movie about a prostitute. Mm -hmm. Like, not about a, a housewife that, that plays prostitute mm -hmm. for a little bit mm -hmm. and, like, does nothing. Like, I thought it was just about a prostitute. Um, so, yeah. This, it was a bit of a shock to me when I saw that in the plot of itself. To yeah. be like, this woman being like, I'm just going to go and do this while my husband's at work. And by the way, just to let you know, well, you, I'm sure we all know this. Most people really like this movie. Like, or at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I why it's on actually, the list. Actually, I'm not sure I should say that. What I will say is. It's a revered film. When I go film. on the internet, I see a lot of positive things being said about this movie. <laughs> um and I so see, there, there are two ways to look at that, yeah. Douglas. Is that it, it might not necessarily be positive because this is something that I guess over the years I've learned mm -hmm. about film criticism mm -hmm. is that it's not necessarily about saying the movie is good or bad, mm -hmm. but how much can you write around what the movie is about mm -hmm. to be about what it is that that movie made you think through, mm -hmm. which is like what I was talking about in the middle where I'm like about this concept of sexuality, of what's going on with the character. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot to talk through there that can be interesting thought discussions, right? Um, but to get back to our usual discussion about good, bad, and evil, 
right? Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you where people fall in line with this one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know it's revered, yeah. right? <laughs> but I would imagine if it is revered, that's because, you know, people think good things about it. Once again, the good, bad, evil conversation is completely separate, in my mind at least. I mean, I hear you, but it's 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 hard for me to m make that link. It's you know, if I don't think I should be watching this, it's hard for me to then I'm in the same breath say how much I revere it. You know that way. Um, but I know that's just me. Um, the... It's not just you. <laughs> it's sixty-seven percent of this podcast. Oh, sixty-six. So, so as I was saying, there are I'm times, rounding up. <laughs> there are times in this movie when it asks you to treat it like it's a movie, and it does things like use a camera in a way that um, movies tend to use cameras. So for example, and we haven't spoken about this, but there's a part of this movie that pretends like there's a story to it where she, as we've spoken about, she um, takes it upon herself. She decides because she has these fantasies because her husband's friend, um, her husband's friend, who, by the way, is universally accepted in this movie by everybody in this movie as a creep, right? As some sort of, uh, some sort of, like, borderline sexual predator. Um, suggests to her, or doesn't suggest to her, but lets her know where she can find good brothels. Um, she says to herself, you know what? What if I just go there and like, try it out, see what's happening, right? And she does that. And um, the story, the, the part that's supposed to be a story is her um, life there and the fact that she, she then forms a, a relationship with a fellow by the name of Marcel. And um, there's a point in the movie where after they've, um, they've formed this relationship and it gets, you know, to be stronger, um, that they're making love, right? They're not having sex, they're making love. And there's a close-up of Marcel's sock, which has a hole in it. And I wrote down, I remember at the time thinking, I wrote down in my notes that this, the way the camera is used is the same way that cameras are used in a lot of other films to say to me Douglas this is significant there is something that either this means or this is going to be or it's going to call back to this moment um, where you're going to understand that the, the hole in the sock is important whether it has to do with the class divide whether it has to do between the difference in wealth between him and her husband and a decision that she has to make in terms of does she love her husband or does she love him or does she love both and does she need to make that decision or what? That never happens for the rest of this movie because this movie just wants to play with us. I don't, I, I don't know. I know that Whatever this movie is trying to say is beyond my realm of understanding. I, it's, it's hard for me. And maybe it's because I couldn't get into the movie. Maybe because I stopped at why am I seeing this gratuitously um, uh, sexualized film in front of me for no goddamn reason. <laughs> maybe it had to do with that. Maybe it had to do with my just ugh, um, feeling dirty 
while watching it. But and so I couldn't get you know um, into the the different layers of the onion that is this film of cinema. But no, no, sorry, sorry, guys. In in 2021, when this movie is remade, um, Timothy Chalamet has to be Marcel. Timothy. Timote. <laughs> Just saying. Just will this movie there. be the? Who will direct this movie in 2021? I mean, if Timote is in it, that means that Greta Gerwig is directing. Boo. Well, if Timote, you keep driving me towards this thing. If Timote is in it and Greta is in it, I mean, that sounds like a movie that's already been made, which makes sense. Um. Who directed that movie again? Hmm. Could it be a um, fellow that women? would probably be very um, much up for directing a movie like this? Mr. Woody himself? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Were they in a Woody movie? I believe so. There's a point where I just stopped paying attention. Like Timothy, They all just look the Timothy same and they just kind of like blurred. I can't remember if Greta was in the same one. I feel like she was, but maybe not. But I, I believe both of them have been in a Woody. Okay, cool. Um, Damien, we've not heard from you. Do I you mean, have anything to add? I mean, what exactly would you like me to say about this movie? <laughs> I'd like you to tell me about how about how um, her friend, the creepy, mm-hmm. the creepy uncle man, is like the greatest character or something. I don't know. All right, so creepy uncle man um, is indeed the greatest character. Uh, everyone wants that one uncle. Where if you this and I hope one day I will be this for uh, both my nieces and nephews and my god nieces and god nephews. I want when they decide that their lives are boring and they have and they hanker to become prostitutes. <laughs> I hope Uncle Damien, his Uncle Mimi, is the person that turns <laughs> because I'd have I think had the only it. other character. <laughs> The only other character in this mix that we've not mentioned that I want to mention for two seconds because I actually think she's a really cool character is the um, the Madame um, oh, Anais. Anais is that her name? Okay, yeah. Yeah, like I actually thought she was fun. I think you're like, grasping at straws. I think this movie is terrible. <laughs> I don't think she's good. I think she's the only person that felt like something kind of real in this wholly made up and stupid movie. <laughs> she's the only person that seemed like she was act like a straight and narrow type. She's like, oh yeah, I run this brothel. And if you're going to come here from time to time, you're going to have to do the work. You can't just disappear for months at a time or weeks at a time or whatever it is. But like this, the, the thing, here's, here's how bad this movie is. Three minutes into this movie, I was on board. Because this movie was so French. I was just like, I remember these movies. <laughs> I remember this. The movie starts, there's clip-clopping on a horse. There's a man trying to talk to this woman. And then in an instant, there's people dragging her off the carriage, tying her up on a rope, whipping her. And then one of them proceeds to start raping this lady. And then the movie instantly cuts again. And it's just a normal conversation with this is what I've been missing. This is the French nonsense that I miss. I don't need things tying to other things. I just need you to film scenes and put them back to back to back. And then this movie continues. And I'm like, 
oh, that's right. All French films aren't created equally. Some of these are off the rails because they're terrible. <laughs> Some are off the rails because they're fun. This movie isn't fun. And the thing Andrew said speaks at the start of this about this movie being written by a man speaks 100% to what is wrong with this movie. This is what some man thought women think when they decide. They're like, oh, women just wake up one morning and decide to be prostitutes. A thing that if it happened, happened once in history. <laughs> this is a story about one woman ever. <laughs> that's not how prostitutes are made, dog. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how the factory generates prostitutes. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> it's... Yeah. And, and the fact that the, the decision to become a prostitute was driven by all of these just ridiculously raunchy fantasies yeah. she that she wanted to play out in real life. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's so bad. Yeah. So bad. And, like, as I was taking my notes, like, I was literally writing down, like, all of the, all of the gents that came in that she interacted with and like the levels of her sexual encounters as those happened. So like the, the first guy was the candy man who she was like being shy with and like almost ran out. Right. Mm -hmm. There was the conductor where, where like he was like a fetishist and he was like, no, I can't do that shit. Um, and then there was the, the Asian gentleman, mm -hmm. um, who like, she's like oh now i'm now i'm sold yeah, yeah. right yeah and, and right. it was and it was a situation where nobody else wanted to touch him they were like yo i've seen this before no i can't deal with this mm -hmm. and um at the end of it you can see her she's like no this is just what i want like and you're just like <laughs> mm -hmm. really like it's the sort of thing like in jamaica we'd say people broke out yeah, yeah. right yeah. like and and like just seeing it in the movie you're just like this is just all wrong yeah. this is all bad every part of this is nonsensical <laughs> right um like yeah yeah yeah, that feeling that you just... That sound that you just made encapsulates what this movie is. <laughs> it makes you feel bad for watching this movie. It's like, which lunatic thought this was a good idea? Uh, this, this movie is um, what the human centipede is was. Right? Just a movie you hear about you, you're just like, which psychopath thought this was a good idea and put it on film? That's what this movie is. It's also, also, also. Like, we've, we've said a lot of not nice things about this movie. Right? But the thing that you need to know about this movie is that the lead actress is terrible. <laughs> she does not emote. <laughs> she, is she is a blank face from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. Even whilst in the throes of passion, you can't tell because she's terrible. <laughs> she is... If she is good in other movies, I'd love to see it. Because based on this movie, if, if it is that the director is like, look, just stare at this camera and that is all you have to do. And this does this not fill me with confidence. This is the same woman who's in the French Coriator film that I fell asleep in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is, that, that is not an admonishment on the movie. I watched that mm -hmm. in, during TIFF, and it was like mm -hmm. that mid 
point of TIFF where like whatever movie I stepped into, I was going to sleep through. Yeah, you're just right? like, oh yeah, it's nap time. Right, I should have gone to bed. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like you should have just gone to your bed. Um, I've been meaning to watch this movie again forever because it has um Ethan Hawke and Juliet Binoche in it, and oh, I'm like, I... that's Juliet. Bin- you mean the one where like he's some writer guy? Yeah, um, it's called uh, The Truth. It, um, this lady, Catherine Deneuve, is, plays the mother of um, Julia Binoche in the movie. I wanted to watch her. So I'm like, ooh. Pretty I was just like looking at her IMDb. I'm like... And Julia Binoche she, is awesome as well. She would have been a lot older by then. Maybe she learned how to act in the interim. <laughs> the same, the same thing. Um, <laughs> yes, she's older now, Damien. That's how time works. Words, uh, listen. Damien. Listen, I have seen Brad Pitt over the years, and I do not think that is how time works. <laughs> are you no Paul Rudd is the example everyone points right, out. Right, but Paul Rudd is the easy why, example. Why are you going off script? Because Paul Rudd is the easiest, and I'm better than that. Oh, okay. Also, Brad Pitt keeps looking better the older he gets, which doesn't seem fair. Also, Tom Cruise you, is like eight years old. Pitt? Also, Tom Cruise is like, Look, Tom Cruise everyone is, is jealous like of Brad God, right? <laughs> if you, Tom Cruise's Scientology is keeping him going. If you wake up and you aren't jealous of Brad Pitt, then I don't know what kind of life you're living. No matter how rich you are, you take one look at Brad Pitt and you go, this doesn't feel right. Something is wrong here. <laughs> I think I think the only thing as it relates to Brad Pitt is I feel I feel like he's gotten in, like let me not use that word because I think he's worked really hard into what he's doing. Um, but I find it surprising that like he started out as like the movie star like poster boy actor, mm-hmm. right. and now he's become like a character actor. Yeah, and I am um, I'm like that is incredible. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and somehow he still kind of is the poster boy, is like movie poster star boy. guy. He right? Even though I don't feel he's doing that many movies yeah. like that anymore. He learned on the yeah. job. I feel like Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt is the modern day Robert Redford, right? Yeah, and and he learned it from Robert Redford yeah, yeah. in the spy in movie. Spy games. Um, I, I I always love to think back um, to I think I don't remember which award he won, but he won some award. I can't remember if it was for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or whatever the movie was before that he did. Um, and like during the the speech, he was like, "All I pray for is to never have to do another Ocean's yeah. movie. Yeah. To never have to save <laughs> Clooney and do another Ocean's movie." <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, listen. If you do, I'm sure you get bored doing certain things over and over. Um, and he decided to, you know, challenge himself. And that's, this, he's been hot for so long that people only, for a long time, only thought of him as being hot and not being able to act. Like his acting didn't actually matter. Exactly. And it didn't. It and, honestly and he, didn't he actively, matter. Yeah. And, no, but, but the thing about him, though, is he actively tried, right? Right. So, but like, he got better, um, yeah. Fight Club and Seven and, and um, you know, all the various things that he does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, like, he's very good. He's yeah. actually, or at least I think he's quite good. Like, um, it happened with Johnny Depp, it happened with Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, Johnny Depp lost no, his well, mind DiCaprio, in the end point. In the end point. DiCaprio had it, a it, one, though, you know, to be fair. DiCaprio may have, you and I may have um, decided we didn't like DiCaprio because at the time, all the teenage girls loved how sexy he was. But if you watch him in like eating Gilbert Grape, right. from day one, Mr. Man knew what he was doing. But he wasn't known for Gilbert Grape. He was known for being hot. 
Yeah. Right? He <laughs> came in that beach movie. And beach movie is trash. Yeah. But and you know which movie people, I've been meaning to rewatch forever is a Romeo and Juliet movie. Yeah, and I, that movie too, too is very it's real bad. Watching it for the first time, I haven't watched that movie yet. But so, I, I kind of want to watch that movie. I saw that movie because, of course, I grew up with sisters. Yeah, <laughs> that movie ain't great. <laughs> oh, wow. And then okay. he worked hard to never to not be seen as just hot. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like the Capra in particular has gone mm-hmm. harder at it than say like Peter or any of them because he had to he kinda stopped and was like, All right, listen, I'm not doing that kind of role anymore. <laughs> Brad Pitt was still like, Hey, I'll do these other things, but um how much money are you paying me for? Right. Like, <laughs> Ocean's <laughs> fifteen, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry you paid cash. He did, like all yes. of those <laughs> all of those Mr. and Mr. Mrs. Smithies and all I of still those like stuff. that yeah, movie. I think yeah, that movie's great. Fun. But it is still it is still kind of yeah. in that ilk, you know. Mm-hmm. He had a, he had a fun transition period. Yeah. Like if we actually pull up his MDB page, we can do like some fun moments where we're like, all right, this is the year where he was doing like the the one that he had to fund, and then the three hot movies that he had to make <laughs> yeah. because that's what the studio would give him. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, moving along. Um, that's the end of Belle de Jour and Brad Pitt. We'll never talk about them again. Um, <laughs> until until next week when we have to watch another movie by this fellow and we will make the comparisons uh, <laughs> what I will say though I actually watched this movie like it, this movie didn't feel like punishment like the last marathon like it's weird and bad but it isn't the type of weird and bad that made me want to hurt someone <laughs> Uh, I, listen, it's still bad. I don't want anyone we're, to. We're, think. We're, we're, we're at the early stage of the marathon. Yeah. We've not li- yet given up complete hope R- but that there are good movies in here. What I'm saying is the last marathon from the jump, I'm just like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> like, I don't like where this is going. I'm going to watch all these movies. And I did, unlike some people. Some people didn't watch all of the movies. Yeah. I watched all the movies, though. Doing my job. <laughs> I watched piece of all of the movies. <laughs> I started all of the movies. Actually, I think it's only one that I never finished. I think it's only one that I never finished. And I, I got I got feature length into it. It's not my fault it's 20 hours long. <laughs> so moving along yes. into what we've been watching. And I have a short list to go through. I'm always surprised every time I come to the podcast where I'm like, I don't think I watch that much. And then I start writing it out and I'm like, mm-hmm. I have six movies I want to talk about. And immediately I'm like, I'll cut those two. Don't need to talk about them. Um, they've been talked about on the podcast. They're movies. Um, <laughs> so you're so good at this. <laughs> four movies I want to mention. Four mo- so, so those two movies, FYI, I'm not going to talk about is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle and Without Remorse. And Tom oh, Clancy's yeah. Without Remorse. And like, we've talked, you guys have talked about those movies. It's mostly on point. Like nothing really to add. They're movies. Um, <laughs> accurate. <laughs> accurate. So <laughs> movies I watched this past, uh, since the last podcast. Um, I got around to watching the 1987 film Moonstruck. Um, oh, with okay. Nicolas Cage and Cher. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you guys seen this movie? I uh, have. A long time ago. Ex- yes. yes, that's what I will say. Mm-hmm. I saw this movie a while ago. This is a strange one. This right? is the one where I, he has like a You said Cher hand, was right? in it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Cher was in it. 
Yeah, um, is but when this movie, movie starts out, <laughs> when the movie starts out, this movie feels like a romantic comedy that's set in the Goodfellas world, right? Like one of my favorite people in this movie is I think his name is Danny Aurelio. Or oh yeah, something? yeah, I like him. Um, he's Aiello. he's the guy. Like Danny Aiello. Yeah, Aiello. Yeah. He's he's the guy who plays the pizzeria owner in yep. um the. He's fun. He, uh, yeah. When I think of him, I always think of Hudson Hawk, which, again, is an underrated That's another movie. good one. <laughs> the one I actually think about is Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yes, he is in that movie. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> As one of um, the, the bumbling um, hitmen. <laughs> yep. Um, but he's in this movie, and he's, like, amazing. The father is also amazing in this movie. The, the, the man who plays Cher's father is amazing in this movie. And it comes off like this ridiculous Italian comedy where everyone is, like, a, an Italian caricature of who was, like, three script revisions away from being in The Godfather. Um, and they're like, you want to marry this man, and they're, you have to, like, bring champagne to the table, and they're doing all of these gesturings. Like, when, when um, Danny Aiello um, proposes marriage to Cher, she's like, you have to do it right. Like, you have to kneel down, you have to give me a ring. He doesn't have a ring, um, and he, like, takes off his pinky ring to give her. And at the same time, like, the, the, the waiter is, like, bawling behind him being like i'm going to lose my favorite bachelor customer because no he's getting married right and all of these ridiculous things that is like incredible and then nick cage shows up right which i feel is should be like how movies all work they're all going well and then nick cage shows up um and it's not to say that i don't like nick cage movies i love nick cage movies i just think he and the script writer had two different movies <laughs> when this movie was filmed. You've just <laughs> described every Nick Cage movie. <laughs> the, di- the difference I feel is that, like, people kind of tail, like, nowadays, people are like, all right, we got Nick Cage, we have to change all of this shit to, like, fit the Nick Cage thing, right? So that it kind of works right together. This was previous to those days. Like, like I thought going into this movie that this was, like, pre-Nick Cage taking over movies time. Where, like, he would have been like, all right, I'm not that well-known an actor. I'm going to, like, stick to the script and I'm going to do this, like, rom com thing. Because I've seen movies he's in, like, um, there was... I've forgotten... Um, yeah, I don't think there was ever a time when Nick Cage was not full-on Nick Cage in movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the one movie I like to think about, which I, I think I like this movie. I remember watching it. I like it in this movie. I've forgotten the name of it. It's a movie where, like, he yeah, and a waitress win... Oh, that one. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Win, um, win the lottery together yeah, or I something? Yeah, I one. I was, I, um, actually, I was looking up his IMDb and, and um, saw that the other day. What's it called again? You could... It could happen to you or something like that. Um, But, like, that is kind of what I thought was going to happen there. He would be in, like, a fun, ridiculous rom-commy movie. But literally, he shows up and he does the whole hand speech where he's like, he took my hand and my wife. And he's, like, telling the woman to, like, bring him the knife so that he can kill himself. Because So, in the movie, Nick Cage plays Danny Aiello's um, brother, who they no longer talk. And the whole thing is Cher is supposed to go and like get him to come to the wedding, right? And in all of this mix, Cher ends up falling in love with him. Um, and like Nick Cage is ridiculous, but he's in the wrong movie to be ridiculous because the rest of the movie is its own version of ridiculous. It's not Nick Cage ridiculous. So Nick Cage just stands out and feels like feels like he just came off of the set of Vampire's Kiss and was like, "I'm just going to keep doing that for this movie." 
right? And it was kind of upsetting because this is a movie people love. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get this one. Like, this one just did not work with me. Yeah. Like, it's sad because before Nick Cage shows up in the movie, I'm like, this movie is fantastic, right? Like, it's a fun rom com ridiculousness. Um, but I feel ugh. like I don't get it is the correct response to watching Nick Cage movies. 60% of Nick Cage movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tune back in next week. Yes, <laughs> Why would, you, lots of why would you do this? Is the <laughs> who thought this was a good idea? It's how you describe all the kids. <laughs> yep. So moving on, um, the next movie I want to talk about is a movie from the year of 1990. That's not a real um, year. I checked. I did my own <laughs> private. 1990 is not a real year. So this movie is from the year of 1990. Uh, the film stars Stephen Chow and Bill Tung. Um, the film is called Lookout Officer. It's a ridiculous comedy um, where a police officer played by Bill Tung is murdered um, by a drug lord. And all he knows is that he smells ridiculous. And when he goes to heaven, he is prese- heaven for him is a courthouse. And he has to like present his case to say why he should go into heaven. And the, oh, so you love this movie, don't you? You love that other were, movie like this with Albert, what's his face? Let's not talk about good movies like <laughs> Albert Brooks, right? Albert Brooks. Um, <laughs> and when he goes to heaven, because no one has solved his murder, it's deemed a suicide. So they're like, you can't go into heaven. <laughs> so he then comes back down to earth so where Stephen Chow Chow is now a new recruit mm-hmm. of the police force. And he possesses his old his old gun that Stephen Chow gets, <laughs> and they then go on journeys to then solve his murder. I don't want to watch this movie. This no. sounds incredible. <laughs> um, it is a ridiculous film. It might not be a great film, but it is ridiculous, right? Um, there is anything you want in a movie, including like upskirt shots of like the the guy's like trying to help him get a girlfriend and he's like whooshing up air so that the skirt goes up he's like kung fuing people with with magic um there is there's a lady in this movie who this movie has taught brought me on to by the name of amy yip who apparently is like a a 90s asian movie star who was well known for like just being hot right (laughs) and like her one scene in this movie is in which some uh, in which bill tongue who is the ghost um possesses her with what is called a lust charm right this movie is listen douglas no listen this is a this is this is a scam i don't believe anything (laughs) (laughs) right um i don't know if this andrew is spending too much time on the internet yeah, right. yeah. Watching the, too many goddamn Criterion movies. Yeah, I know this is a Criterion this, movie. This movie was on Netflix. <laughs> not a Criterion movie. <laughs> Don't blame Criterion on this one. Right? Um, this is pretty much like the, the equivalent of like what like a blend of um, Police Academy and and um, Hooters movies are. I'm trying... Porky's no, movies Porky's. are... Porky's movies yeah. in like in China, right? Um, and it just happens to have a very young Stephen Chow as the lead, and Bill Tung, who I say his name as if you guys should know, only because he's in Police Story, all right? 
Um, he's like the police officer captain above Jackie Chan. Okay. He's like a fairly popular um, Chinese actor. So, yeah. Um, guys, Stanley Fung is the is Bill Tung's um, partner at the beginning of the movie. He does whatever kung fu he does that he can like stretch out his arms like he's Mr. Fantastic. Right? The movie is, is bonkers ridiculous. It, I don't know if this movie is good, but... I laughed a good amount. It's stupid. Um, moving down the list. Um, now to get to Douglas's thing. That is the Criterion Channel movies. Um, I watched a movie from 1970 um, called Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. Right? This is an Italian film. It is, it is about a police captain, the head of the homicide division, who goes out and murders a woman he's having... Uh, well, I wouldn't say an affair with because it doesn't look like he's married. Um, having relations with, um, and uh, the investigation that then follows as they're trying to figure out the crime, and he's there just pretty much doing everything to get caught without getting caught. Um, well, and I this mean, movie, it's Italian, so yeah. This, th yeah, and that's what this movie is. This movie <laughs> is like one of those films that is entirely about how corrupt Italian politics is and about how these people in power continue to make all things fine for people in power. No matter, no matter, like literally there's, there's a point in the movie where he's like walking through the crime scene and like, like he, he, he sullies the crime scene with like his boot. And then when he comes back like an hour later as a police chief, He's like walking over the, the boot print with his shoe and they're like, that looks the same. And he's like, yeah, it does. And then they're like, oh, that's curious. Um, all sorts of ridiculous. They're, they're like fingerprints that they're like, it's yours, but we, you must have touched these things. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's it's entirely that movie. I did not like this movie, though. This movie is a movie that it, being an Italian movie from the 70s is very abstract. It's very it's very artsy and it's very it's very like dreamlike a lot of it but at the same time when it gets to that end scene where like he there's that whole thing about how these people in power like prop each other up even in moments of of crimes in italy like you kind of look at it and you're like well you know you did what you meant to do and i kind of have to applaud you for it um but this movie is sadly not for me um and the last movie i want to talk about um, is a film from last year. Um, the movie by the name of The Mole Agent. Oh. Which I know Douglas is semi-interested in. I am. Like Douglas. I am. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Damon, do you know what this movie is? I've heard of it. I keep seeing that poster on Google Play. And I'm like, ooh, I love Douglas, that Douglas, what do you know about this movie? I know what it is. I know that it's a documentary about this old man who like does some sort of undercover look into nursing homes or something like that. But I feel like what it needs to be, especially when you have a poster as good as that poster and actually even bits of the trailer as good as, as, as it is. I want, you, I want this to be a fake story, an actual movie about this man doing um, like being a, some sort of detective looking for a mole and it being almost Johnny English-esque. Like, I, I need that. But, and, and what tends to happen to me is I'll see the poster, and in my mind, I'll be like, ooh, 
Johnny You've English, made up a movie. I made up a movie. And then I watch the trailer. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what this is. I don't know if I really want to watch it. <laughs> so you're like 80% there, right? <laughs> the movie you've envisioned is actually there. Okay. Right? It just has a lot of other things going on it, documentary-wise. So you're right. So this is a movie. It's a documentary. It's, it's, it's possibly one of the most interesting documentaries that I've seen in a while, if and only because of the form it takes, mm-hmm. right? Where uh, watching this movie for a lot of it, you question if it's actually a documentary, mm-hmm. right? Because it just couldn't make sense. Like, no one would allow anyone <laughs> to do this, right? Um, where a, a investigative service hires an elderly man because he has gotten a case. Wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, right? whoa. No, no, no. You need to stop. And you need to rewind. And you need to start over. What? An investigative yes. service. So a private investigator. Man? Yes. So, so, so like... Uh, this is real. So, 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 yeah, this is real. So, like, so, like, all right. Let me. Let, there's actually a whole backstory as to how the movie actually got made, which, which makes it make sense. Okay. Uh, right. So, like, like the the documentarian who did this movie, um, she actually to get this movie made. Right. Number one, she had set up a documentary contract with the home. Mm-hmm. Right. Separate and apart from like the investigative nonsense. Right. With the with the retirement home to be like, I want to do a documentary about the retirement home, about old people. Um, we'll get everybody to sign things, um, but we're just going to do like a raw documentary and we'll just pick up with a new guy who shows up at the same time. Um, and th- this isn't necessarily like in the movie. This is just the back sitting as to how the movie got made. Right. At the same time, she then picks up and works with this private investigator and gets him in on the thing where he is going to hire an elderly man, right? Where they need someone 80 or over, and then they're going to, like, place him in the home and use him under the guise of, like, wanting to check in. Like, the, the job that they've, that they've given him is that, like, a daughter of, like, someone who lives in the home wants to know if she's being treated well or not. Right. Like, they're hearing that things are being stolen and stuff, but they, don't, they, they, they won't know unless someone goes undercover. Um, so they hire this elderly man and send him into the home and they do all of this guising filmmaking wise to then get this documentary that honestly, like you watch it and like you tell yourself this can't be real, not because the things are shocking, but because of the way the things are framed as to how well they could get the things shot, how the characters and the people play out where they're like, some of these people need to be on in on this, right? Um, but like they're not right and it's ridiculous like i had to like go through like a bunch of q a's because i couldn't believe it and like she's talking about the the hours of footage because she like gives the guy like a spy cam glasses thing hours of footage where he's just in the bathroom because he just doesn't know how to work it (laughs) right (laughs) because it's an old man right like (laughs) like how many how many hours of him not remembering he has the glasses on and looking down while he's peeing, did she have to edit? Like, how many of us? And so the movie plays out. <laughs> <laughs> but then she takes all of this footage and then creates, like, a, a thread, a narrative of this man going on as if this is real, as if he is an investigator trying to find these things and that the private investigator is constantly, like, trying to push him into like did you check the woman's house like kind of like kind of like almost like a like a child's game where like if we were playing with a cousin where we're like all right we're making up an investigator game and i'm going to give you clues along the way and like i'm going to push you toward but she's out there filming it like while she's like doing this contract of just filming the home 
like she's following them but he doesn't know she is like a part of it right so she he just thinks like there's a documentary crew in the in the house in the in the home right. um and the movie is just incredible right um it then goes on like the movie itself then goes on for you to kind of talk about like how people are being treated in these homes how the, how the elder care is how how these people drop into loneliness because apparently in chile where this movie is filmed um there there's a huge statistic of just like suicide in elder care right and stuff like that um and so like that all comes out of this made up narrative that is made up not for the movie but made up for the guy right walking through this movie and it is kind of fantastic like as how this movie is made and how it's presented and i think it's incredible um but yeah it's this is a very special documentary so the movie you're thinking like it's there like there's just a touch more of documentary stuff in there um but yeah um and that's all i really wanted to talk about okay well um i suppose i can go very quickly on my list as well because funnily enough i looked at my my letterbox and i've actually watched quite a few things but none of them that we'll talk about all rewatches uh there are a few things that i can chat about though i have watched um let's start with Actually, the last thing that I watched, the thing that I just finished watching a couple of hours ago, I, I watched Netflix's Opus, Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. Uh, Is it good? It's fine. Um, uh, I, I, I see people online having fun with Tignataro, saying that she's great in it. She's fine. I like um, Tignataro. Yeah, but she's saying words that people asked her to say. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> um she's nothing i mean the the real thing behind tignataro and why people are so happy with her is her story the fact that people connect have connected with her for so long and the fact that she's replacing somebody that people are upset with right now so you know, i think i think that all helps but yeah. also from the way people were saying like it sounded like she had like a fun character kind of thing like the same way we like dave batista in in Guardians of the Galaxy, like he had fun. Oh yeah, of right? course, of course, and and right. it's clear that that was the intention from the get go with the the um the guy that they got to to do it initially. Like that was the job of this character to be the comic relief, right? And she has she is obviously quite um good at her funniness. Therefore, she would do good here, right? You know, so so it go. I'm not I'm not trying to like. I realize I may sound negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just saying, sure. Right? Mm. She's um, adequate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Army of the Dead, the movie is fine. I was kind of hoping for something a little more, I guess, fun. But I can see, like, I've seen some positive things said about this movie, and I can see why people like this movie. They're definitely, like, good points to this movie um it is not the fun heist that i don't know that I, it was advertised to me but at least in my head that this was supposed to be um but there are definitely some cool like zombie moments right there damien this movie has kung fu zombies and if 
Um, no matter yes, how please. much you love or hate this movie, you need to watch it for that. And it's really one scene for like a minute, but it's worth it, right? It's really cool. Um, they also have a really good action scene, which is essentially Ladywick versus zombies. And that, move, that scene is really good as well. And Dave Bautista, I mean, it's hard not to like Dave Bautista. He's, he's great in pretty much everything he's in, even if he's bad in it, and even if it is bad. Um, and this movie has a lot of moments that just don't add up to a great movie. But I am not going to sit down here and say that I really regret watching it. You know, it was, it was all right. It was fine. Um, so my thing is I am entirely afraid of that runtime. Yeah, it is long. It's is like it, two hours. Is it a movie that feels feels like it should have been 90 minutes? Um, or is it like he actually packs it up with enough ridiculousness that you're like, all right, I'm cool going through this runtime? It's a bit of both. It definitely feels Snyder-esque in the sense that you kind of look at it and you're like, you know you could have cut this down, right? But it's not like... I won't go as far as to say that this is Justice League where you're sitting down and just shaking your head right you you kind of understand it you're just like all right fine there are enough good moments in this movie that i'll forgive you um all right cool yeah um so now on to television i watched um let's start with hbo i watched a new hbo max series called hacks starring gene smart it is a show about uh, a comedian a stand-up comedian in her golden years um, and what that means and the fact that she's a woman and how, how that works and what, what's happening there. And it, focus, it kind of focuses with her and this younger lady who is more at the start of her career but has gotten herself in trouble on Twitter, some vague um, bad joke that she made that now everybody's fired her and she has to take this job writing for this old woman. Oh my goodness, how could she stoop this low? And it's clearly um, going to be a show about them connecting emotionally and, and, and her, like the young girl realizing how great this old woman is and the old woman realizing maybe there is value to this young girl. Like It's clearly that kind of show, but it's fun. It's nice, I like it. How do you, how do you like the emotion? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? Family. What I'll say is <laughs> that if they give this woman a disease that stops her from being funny, I'll no longer like the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Real question though: yeah. like, is the funny funny? Like, I, I always find it hilarious to watch movies and shows about comedians, about people being stand-up comedians or like TV comedians, and like you can just tell like the funny that they put in there is just kitschy, like not really funny. Mm -hmm. Like, is the funny funny? Well, this show is only meant to be medium funny. It's, like, more talking around the funny, but they do have, like, when they're funny, it's funny. It's, it's definitely very funny. All right, cool. Um, uh, I watched this other show. Um, nobody ever told me about it, but I saw it on Netflix. Jupiter Ascending, I think, is the name of it. Mm -hmm. Jupiter Rising. Yeah, man. Jupiter Legacy, you mean? Foot. Um, yeah, Jup Jupiter Jupiter's Legacy. Jupiter's Cliff Foot. <laughs> yeah, Jupiter's Legacy. Uh -huh. um, a movie about superheroes that are sad. Yeah. And, or sorry, a television show about superheroes that are sad. And Damien, I don't know if you've seen this, and um, I wish you had told me before, but this mm. show sucks. 
The show's yeah, not good. I heard about it on some podcast. I think it was Andrew and Ryan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Unnamed Movie Podcast, I think. Um, but, yeah. Podcast? yeah. Yeah, I hear that. that I heard. I've no, I can't prove this, but if you're saying that it's bad, I guess I have to accept that it's yeah. one of the worst TV shows I've seen commit to TV for a good long time. Yeah. Damien, they spent so much time mm-hmm. in the past. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. To explain <laughs> a thing, to explain a thing that does not need to be explained. Oh, like I haven't actually all. finished the show. I'm probably a halfway through. I'm not sure if I will finish it. Don't. But Jesus Christ, Damien. Wow. Uh, Douglas, <laughs> when they finally get to the place where they get granted these powers, the show gets yeah. worse. And the show gets worse there. It, <laughs> How is that possible? Douglas, think about what you've seen so far. Ask yourself the yeah. question, does this get better? Also, <laughs> there's an M. Night Shyamalan S twist at the end that made me want Ooh. to cancel my subscription. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, it's not oh, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's stop talking about this, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't do this. You did this. Final, <laughs> yeah. The final thing that I'll talk about here this evening uh, is the reason why I paid $5 more a month for Paramount Plus. The, the final straw on the camel's back. Um, no Activity, which stars Tim Meadows and Patrick Bramall. I don't know the... Patrick fellow, but I think we all should know who Tim Meadows is. Yes. Um, as two police officers, or really two FBI agents, who are cl- clearly, you know how there's an A team, and then mm-hmm. there's a B team? These guys are like the C through F team. Um, they are the people that they're just stuck in a, a car on a stakeout all the time. Um, and it's not a stakeout, like, it's clearly not the stakeout that people know things are going to happen. It's a stakeout where they're just like, yo, I mean, just, just put them there. We know nothing's happening, but, like, can we just get rid of them, please? Yeah. Cool. And Boy, we don't want them. these guys on the force. You just don't want them anywhere, yeah. right? <laughs> um, and it is probably the funniest show where all you're watching is two people in a car ever um they like get up to they kind of recognize what's happening and you know it's very boring and you have the talent that like surrounds them the talent that they get to to bring into the show so i've written down already i've watched maybe three or four episodes yeah so far i have seen jk simmons will ferrells jesse plemons jason mansukas Amy Sedaris, um, and the, 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 I think there are a couple other other people um, in this show, um, and they're all great. It's it's the funniest show about two people being bored I have ever seen. Um, I really enjoy it. Did and you watch Workaholics? Yeah, I did watch Workaholics. Okay. I haven't watched all of it, so. So is it like that? No, I would say Workaholics, I know 
I watched it when it was happening, which would have been like 2010, and I only mm-hmm. watched maybe the first two or three, maybe two, first two seasons. So I haven't watched the full Workaholics. Okay. Um, but my recollection is that the Workaholics was a little more weird. You know, okay. they, they did dumb stuff. Uh, so they they dealt with their boredom through shenanigans. Okay. Right? Is that, am I remembering correctly? Yeah, that's basically what that show is. There's not a lot of shenanigans here. Uh-huh. It's just that the situation allows for like things to happen around them that are just ridiculous, right? Oh. Um, like the Tim Meadows in, I think, the first episode um, shoots Jason Mantzoukas, who is a bad guy, um, because him just frightened. Um, and they have a body cam footage of it. And so in the second episodes, J.K. Simmons comes along because he's supposed to be like, in, he's internal Inter- affairs. Right. And he's supposed to be investigating it. And instead of what, you know, a normal show would do, they get called back into um, the, the precinct and they sit down with him. J.K. Simmons comes out to the stakeout, sits in the back seat of the car and um, is doing his interview. But his interview is not an interview. He's like, listen, Pretend like I'm not here. I'm just going to observe you. And when they start talking to him, he, he's like, why are you talking to me? No, no, no. And one of the guys, I don't know how they allow this. I mean, it's, it's a comedy. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. One of the guys is just like, you know what? Bob Odenkirk needs my help in the office. Bob Odenkirk, by the way, is the night watchman. And right. he thinks he's a police officer. And that is its own little fun joke. Right. And when he runs away, Tim Meadows, who is the one that, that shot Jason Mantzoukas, like, you know, he, it's, it's hard to be alone in a car with somebody and not, and not talk to them. Yeah. Um, and J.K. Simmons is like, so do you normally narrate your life when you're by yourself? Because right now you're by yourself. I'm not here. <laughs> so things like that, they're done. Right? Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm not, it's, 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 it's dumb. not like, it's funny in the mm-hmm. way that almost like I would say what's uh, in Bruges is funny, right? right? It's not funny to regular people. But I feel like maybe the three of us would mm-hmm. sit down and be like, boy, what's going on here? Um, no. And it's something that's been on my list for a while. But now that I've watched it, I was like, okay, I, I need to watch it without the ad space. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun. No. I like it. But yeah, that is what I have seen over the last couple of weeks. All right. Um, so it's my time. I have spent the bulk of my time watching the NBA <laughs> because it is playoffs <laughs> time and um, there's no there, sorry there are very few movies better than the playoffs um, it, when I haven't been watching the playoffs I've been watching the Underground Railroad Amazon's new TV show and what I will say there are let me let me get some stuff out of the way first. Um, that isn't um, about the seriousness of the show. Thing one, one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen is the star in this TV show, and it is very distracting. <laughs> I find myself many times staring at the person in this. TV show and going, he is too good looking to be a slave. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it 
Is it the guy who plays Caesar? Yes. Okay. It cool. is, I'm just pulling him up on IMDb. It is very distracting. Very distracting. <laughs> uh, thing two is they pick different rap songs to put at the end of um, each episode, uh, which is fun because it gives me a reason to go and listen to those rap songs. The episode one had um, Bombs Over Baghdad, which when it started, because that song um, has a, a pretty docile ramp up before you get into the lunacy, uh, it, my mother and I were sitting there watching it. And she's just like, you know, bobbing along to the intro of this song, not realizing that um, lunacy was going to happen. And she was quite confused when the bombs over Baghdad part of the song uh, kicks up in earnest. And so that was fun. And their musical selections so far have been pretty good. Uh, now to the seriousness part. This show is about its namesake. It is about an underground railroad. There is no magic in this show. There is no... Um, there's nothing to detract from the horrors of slavery in this show. This show is depressing. Like, all the way depressing. Like, someone... There's a time period where I um, spent probably too much time uh, reading up you know, just different countries and their different attitudes towards how they treated slaves. Because as a black man, you I guess you have to do that at some point. You just have to go, um, I hear slavery is bad. Let me go look. And it's bad. And this TV show is doing what Tarantino did in his movies about slavery being bad, except... Tarantino has an outlet of Django going around smoking fools. This TV show does not have that outlet. This TV show is depressing. <laughs> it is well shot. It is well acted. It is all the check marks are there. But I'm here to tell you that if you do not want to feel sad about humanity, this ain't it. <laughs> Do not watch this TV show. I am telling you that because of the pandemic and because of how everything has gone in the world over the last couple of years, if you feel the need to watch this, it is good. But I cannot stress this enough. There are no good, that, but. There's no good times in this. This TV show, it for here's an example. In episode two, um, these two slaves escape off their plantation um, using the aforementioned underground railroad, and they go to this new town where they are more accepting of black people. And in the course of the episode you find out that they're just experimenting on the black people there. 
which is already depressing enough. And at the end of the episode, they take another train and end up somewhere else that is that has now outlawed black people across the board. So both slaves and free people, there's just no black people allowed. And they show you very graphically what happens to people who happen to be black or happen to have black people there them. And you're just like, all right, we're two episodes in and I have to stop. I'm going to stop. I have more time. I could watch more of this. But the answer is no for today. I'm capped out on depression. <laughs> for today, I'll come back tomorrow. Didn't come back tomorrow. I gave it three days. That is how much time it took me to reset. So, is the show good? Yes. Is it the most depressing? <laughs> yes. But it is good. But it's depressing. <laughs> also remember, one of the most beautiful people I've seen is in this TV show. That helps. It helps. So that's, that's where the time has been spent. It's good. I want to stress that it is good. <laughs> but if you're not in the right frame of mind, I'm speaking specifically to Douglas. Douglas, do not oh, watch yes. this. I am here loud on I kind of knew already I didn't really want to watch it. Also, yeah. I feel like I've seen people say that it's bad. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm probably not going to watch it. But based on how you're describing it, I definitely right. know I don't want if, to watch it. If people, if people don't like the show, it's not because the show is doing something bad. It is yeah. because it is so aggressive mm. and unwavering. That I can see people check going, you know what? <laughs> yeah, not today. No. <laughs> you know what, TV show? Watchmen did this better. If you're going to depress me, give me superpowers. Because I can't just do this. <laughs> can't, it can't I just, like just to let, you know, this. Damien, throughout this whole thing, I've just had bombs of a yeah, bad guy playing in my oh, headphones. Yeah. I like turned it down yeah. so like you're higher, but like it's, you're underscored by bombs of a bad guy right now. I listened to that song for maybe three hours. I listened to the album twice after watching this show. I was like, yeah, I can do this. I, I went in trying to hear just the one song, but that album is so good, you can't. I don't think you can listen to one song after that. Because then the next song starts playing, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember listening to all of this. And then it just keeps playing. So No, I just played the one yeah. song. Um, so it's already ended. So yeah, watch the playoffs instead. If you don't want to be sad, <laughs> watch, playoffs. watch the playoff. Unless, of course, you're a Warriors fan, then I can't, I can't help you. <laughs> Raptors don't have fans, so I don't have to worry about those people. They're not real people. The Nets are playing the Celtics in a few, so you could watch a, probably a good game. Thank you for dating the podcast. Yeah. So when I post it in like two weeks, they're like, <laughs> oh, he, he took a long time to edit that. So you put out the, the last podcast um last week and in my head i was just like yep. but we recorded that on saturday that is how bad my time <laughs> my grasp of time has gone <laughs> i was so certain that we did the podcast saturday i was just like oh is why is andrew putting this out early it was early <laughs> uh but yeah 
I mean, it was a few days early given like my usual schedule, mm-hmm. but yeah, I it, it wasn't. It was like early. almost. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't crazily early. Ooh, are we playing the credits? Yes. Yeah. What song is this now? I can't hear it really. Bombs over bad. Dad. <laughs> he needs to change it. <laughs> ha ha ha! Yeah.